Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. This is episode 574. We record this live every Friday at 8.30, around 8.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, if I can get my equipment working correctly. Got a great panel, got a guest panellist. We've got Joe Casabono with us. Got some great stories. Um, I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves. Um, let's let's have Heather first. Who's rough, roughing it in Hawaii? <laughs> Must be terrible, wasn't it? Uh, hi, I'm Heather Renzi. I am the digital. You want to solution. introduce yourself, Heather? Oh, you can't hear me, or you can't hear yourself again. No sound, Heather. Let's try, John. John, no, 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 no. It's hold on. It's, it's you. Oh, it's me again, is it? <laughs> it's you. Yes, I am Heather Renzi. I'm the digital solutions lead for the difference, and I'm also known as the unicorn whisperer. And I can just keep on talking while Jonathan can't hear me. I'm uh, also the uh, author of Birth of a Unicorn. Right. And how about yeah. Spencer goes? Yeah, right. Let Joe, let John go. Off you go, John. John Locke from lockdownseo.com. And I've got Joe. Joe, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Joe Casabona. I am a uh, podcaster, educator, and developer. And I've got JJ. Would you like to introduce yourself? John James Jacoby. Work at Sandhills Development. Uh, at Twitter at JJJ, software developer, Buddy Press, TV Press, Sugar Calendar, security team, all sorts of stuff. And I've got Spencer. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, Spencer Foreman from launchflows.com, wplaunchify.com. And before we go into the main stories, I just want to promote our major sponsor. That's Kinsta. Kinsta Hosting, it's a specialized WordPress hosting provider. If you're looking for real performance for your clients, you've got a membership site, a WooCommerce site, a learning management system website, uh, you will need performance and quality hosting. That's what you get with Kinsta. Go over to Kinsta, have a look at some of their plans. I suggest that you buy one for yourself or for your client. When you do that, can you tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show? It really helps Ginster, and it really supports the show as well. So let's go straight into it before my technology breaks down again. Um, so on to story one. Elevator raises eyebrows with your Google Ads targeting full site editing. What did you think of this one, Spencer? This, <laughs> this is a, a, a Kirby Enthusiasm one. Okay, why are they crying over the fact that, like, what's good for the goose is good for the gander? I mean, are, are they so precious that they, I've lost the whole thing. Are they so precious that they feel that, like, Elementor isn't going after this particular market? Isn't this obvious the whole time? I mean, it seems to me that that was the whole point of it, right? Is that Elementor is developed to the point where you just turn it on and it eliminates the need for futzing around with Gutenberg or the classic editor. And the fact that anybody would even bring this up is sort of interesting to me because it's like it's totally within the realm of what you would see from, you know, uh, automatic to advertise or, you know, totally within the realm of, a let's say, a, a tavern article in the past about four and a half years later, Gutenberg finally has like a, a button you press to make type bold. So why is it that Elementor can't go directly to the end user and be like, hey, guys, it's really easy to go full site editing right now today. 
Yeah, oh. that's that's the what do you reckon, Joe? I think that's the interesting thing, not the actual article. It's that it was an article that it was that that the tavern thinks it's it's newsworthy, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, so this is like a newsworthy thing that that uh, a major plugin is trying to get more people by using a term that's used in in WordPress, right? It's it's uh, full site editing is a uh, certainly WordPress or Gutenberg didn't invent that term, right? It's just something that they're rolling out now. Elementor is letting people know, hey, we already have that. It's just it's like super weird that anytime uh, certain people feel slighted in the WordPress community, it's like it's news. Like, can you believe Wix went after WordPress in a Super Bowl ad or whatever? Like, who cares? You brag about having 40% of the web all the time. People are people are trying to get a piece of that as well. You know, it's a, it's certainly not as bad as, say, Jetpack Sherlocking independent developers, right? Uh, that's... Yeah, if you're if you're gonna play the game, then then play the game. Don't be mad that other people are playing too. So, what do you reckon, JJ? Oh gosh, where do I start? This is like a this is like a nuanced article that if it's like for insiders only is kind of what this article is is specifically geared for because the article is like it's like non news if you don't know who is upset about it. And when you do know who's upset about it, you're like, well, of course they're, they're of course they are. And the... I wonder who that is. This is. I wonder who that because is. This is a, this, no kidding. So because it, it isn't the first time, right? Like the the, the, the first time that I, in, that I remember this happening was with WPMU Dev, was with InkSub. Like when WordPress 3.0 was about to be a thing and multi-site was getting merged into WordPress officially, uh, they went and bought WPMU.org uh, or .com and like thinking that multi-site and multi-user was like a thing and and people were upset about it. But it doesn't matter to most people and it's like a non-event unless you know that it's an event and then you're like part of the 1% who like, it's like, oh, some drama. But like, I completely agree with everyone else that like, the 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 key words themselves are fair game for for anyone and elementor has earned the right to market to those keywords the the uh, more so than or the same as many other people so uh good for them i think this is uh, smart for them to do it i i want to add one thing on a legal twist to add to what john just triggered in my head there is that you know how there's the irony we spoke of last week of how the the legal trademark WordPress can't be used and the logo can't be used. And that despite that automatic, you know, got the license to use singularly and so on and so forth when it's supposed to be commercially licensed for the benefit of the, the organization or foundation. What would be amazingly cool as a total, uh, you know, black hat technique would be, <laughs> If the guys at Elementor went out and trademarked a bunch of terms from our community and then just started flipping the middle finger to automatic about that, we're sorry, uh, we've already trademarked the term full site editor, and here it is. Because that's exactly the goose and gander here that I find so strange. It's like, you guys are all over everybody about every little thing protecting this fairy tale of yours. Well, Elementor's got enough oomph now. 
let's, you know, let's take the gloves off. Let's see how it goes down. Because remember last year, my prediction was at some point there will be Elementor version of WordPress. And I can almost assure you I'll be in that community at some point or another, whether it's by itself or not, but let's see. What do you reckon, Heather? Uh, I mean, this is a non-starter. I've been designing my own uh, websites by using the inspect version of Chrome tools forever. So, I mean, if they want full web page editing, uh, if they want to go after this and explain to people, I mean, the people that know what it is are going to know what it is. The people that don't know what it is, um, it's it's smart for Elementor to like newsjack this way uh, with the Google ads. And uh, anyone that's upset, uh, like play, like people going to hate. So that that's all this is. All right. John, what's, any last thoughts, John? Yeah, it's evident from this that uh, WordPress, Automatic specifically, they see Elementor as a competitor to WordPress.com. Otherwise, they wouldn't be getting this upset. Uh, the, the whole Gutenberg project is an attempt to compete with things like Squarespace and Wix. So the the way that that certain people from automatic or certain people in the community are upset at this well if you, if you work at automatic i mean I, I guess you would be upset because you see this as a threat to your job but what confuses me is some of the people in the comments that don't work at automatic they're just random people it's like oh elementary you're biting the hand that feeds you Yo, like you wouldn't even have something to build on if if uh, WordPress didn't exist. And uh, I don't know, it just makes no sense. Um, you know, you tell people for years and years, you know, if you don't like it here, go ahead and fork it. And like Spence said, I, I think that, that at some point they might do that. But, you know, you tell you tell people like this all the time, my way or the highway. And then when somebody else has a competing product, you get mad. It just makes no sense. Oh, I, I think we've got some other stories coming in. It'll be the same topic, actually. Oh, on to the next story. Um, Clubhouse is recording your conversations. That's not even its worst privacy problem. That's a really big surprise. I'm shocked. Heather, um, I think we first met on Blab. The reason I, um, I thought this story was interesting is Clubhouse itself because I, I think in the podcasting um, audio area, um, there's still the possibility of new products, new platforms. And since Blab, Clubhouse seems to have taken the imagination a bit. What do you reckon, Eva? Well, so here's the thing. I mean, like for me, Clubhouse seems to be filling the need for people to uh, leave voicemails for each other around like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a weird platform. Like I'm not an audio person. I'm, I'm somebody that like was so happy when texting became a thing because like now I never have to answer my phone again. Um, and I mean, yes, clubhouse fields a need for people. Uh, clubhouse is a platform um, just like line in Japan, like for those people that really, really like to, uh, share images with each other and like the emoji group that like to share emojis. Um, so there's always a niche. There's always a type of person that has to share in a certain way. And 
whether it it's whether it's going to work or not uh, and and last I don't know um, it could be a brand new social platform that could last for a while or not uh, as far as the article goes um, it's it's about privacy and all and like of course just like any new app the the privacy concerns are like exactly the same and they're worse for any new company. Um, I mean, it, this reminded me just this week, Gab, just like Parler and every other company, like every other new social media company, uh, big surprise was hacked. Um, and I expect Clubhouse to be hacked pretty much like anytime soon. So if you're on Clubhouse, uh, expect your data to end all of the data you uploaded it to it uploaded to it to be uh, like open on the internet uh, probably within a month or two mm-hmm. because because the people that create these platforms uh, they sacrifice security and privacy for the speed of getting it out there yeah sure so what do you reckon Joe do you think it's a, a new interesting platform or um, and they've got the security question but I think Heather covered that but what do you reckon for the future of Clubhouse? Clubhouse is basically a feature uh, that has borne itself in in a pandemic where people are like longing for like coffee shop discussions, right? That's what it is. Um, And the Clubhouse is a feature I got from the Upgrade um, podcast where they also said it's got that VC tech bro stink all over it, right? And that's exactly what it is. I saw a tweet that was like, um, it's really nice of people on Clubhouse to teach us how to make millions before they make their first million. Um, it's, I don't, I don't see Clubhouse being around in three years, especially because Twitter is rolling out spaces. Uh, Instagram can easily do this if they want to. Facebook can easily do this if they want to. Unless there's some compelling reason to stay on Clubhouse, and maybe there will be, right? Um, I just don't see it sticking around. I immediately uh, was put off from it because in order for me to use the invites, I need to give them access to my whole contacts book. Like, that's crazy. I, I would never do that. Like, because then they have my dad's phone number and my dad uh, is in like almost 70. Clubhouse probably means something very different to him. Uh, so it's just like, I I didn't like it from the beginning. I secured my username on it because it generated a lot of buzz, but I immediately thought people think this is going to replace podcasting when it's not because they are recording the conversations, but those recordings aren't available to their users. You have to be there. Podcasting is a very much an on-demand medium for the most part. And the people who live stream are doing it, but there's a reason that every podcaster doesn't live stream. Yeah. So what do you reckon, John? Um, you know, for me, I, I'm not super interested in Clubhouse, though I know some people that seem to be getting some value out of it. Um, these privacy concerns, like they record your stuff, they have tracking pixels. Um, that just kind of indicates that that's how they're going to, you know, make money is off of your data and your, you know, all your information. But you know, the platform itself, I think it'll be here for a little while, but I, I think it'll go the way of, of Blab and Meerkat and some of these other ones. I think it's just, it's it's a way for people to pitch 
um, that that they're experts. From what I understand, you know, a lot of people are turned off to it because it has that kind of like, I'm, you know, I'm a life coach and type of vibe where it's uh, people pitching stuff above their head. So that will, there we we'll go. see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Shall we go on to the next? Well, what do you reckon, JJ? Got any comment about Clubhouse? I mean, I like social networks. I don't use very many of them, but I do like them. So in, in terms of like it being a new one that is somewhat unique and like trying to do something yeah. for like an audience that I don't, that I think is like underserved, I think it's neat. Uh, but I do agree with everyone else that like the, the, I really don't trust the promise of it being ephemeral and like it'll be deleted and it's just for now is like, uh, I, I, I didn't trust it then and I, and I don't, I don't trust it now and I won't trust it tomorrow. And so, uh, I sort of expect that if I'm using clubhouse, that it's always going to be there. Someone's going to be able to hear it and read it. And, uh, and I, that doesn't sit super well with me. So I choose not to use it, but I did do what Joe did and I reserved my username because that's like the right thing to do. Right. So I, was, I haven't, what do you reckon Spencer? You're fine and, I think you. that's the takeaway from all this, by the way, is that, <clears throat> First of all, I love how they're using the tech bro. That really sums it up because my uh, experience having dealt with Silicon Valley types, uh, Silicon Valley types for years, is that's the perfect way to sum it up. And there used to be a show that I don't know if they're coming back, but Silicon Valley, uh, the it was like spoofing on this. But the thing that I've learned is whether you use these things or not, the first thing you always have to do when it comes out is go reserve your name. <laughs> like you really have to get your name before anybody else. So if you if you have any of those like email notices, like product hunt and so forth, if any of them look remotely promising, I go and get my name. And that's the takeaway. Like use it, don't use it. Make sure no one else gets discovered when they go searching for you in Google because they're over on uh, bladlada.com, you know, putting up pictures of their dog or something. Oh, so. all right. On to story three, why WordPress.com Spotify deal is bad for podcasting. So, Joe, you made a little bit of a stir with this one. Why did you write this? And basically, I totally agree with you. Um, but give us a quick synopsis, Joe. I think if the announcement over on WordPress.com didn't devalue creating podcasts so much, I wouldn't have been so upset. But the high-level overview is Spotify had an investor's call thing last week, and one of the things that they announced was that they have partnered with WordPress.com, that their product Anchor uh, will be able to uh, take WordPress.com blog posts, convert them to -to text-to-speech, and then voila, you have your very own podcast. And the way the article opens up is you've already done the hard part of writing. Why not make it a podcast? And then later on, they say, grow your audience, make money. Do you know what the most boring thing on the planet is? It's Uh, listening to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's listening to computer generated uh, speech to text. That's not compelling. Yeah. The only people, I say this in the article, I'll let every, like you can read my thoughts, I'll let everybody else speak. But the thing that bothers me is that WordPress.com 
and Spotify benefit because they're they're eating all the data from you and they're trying to sell you a coal and tell you it's a diamond because it's like here's a new content stream for you here's podcasting is easy just write words and will and and will make it audio they don't talk about the accessibility you know what really i I see i I thought it was a great piece and i totally agreed with it um but i think there's a bigger picture to it actually joe this is the alternative um, universe of the great leader that thinks jetpack is a great product that thinks it wasn't um, blue-collar consultants that really pushed it. It was Jetpack that believes that Bluehost is a great hosting provider. You know, it's the alternative fantasy world of the great leader um, world and his worldview and and the fantasy that he lives in. I'll I'll believe he believes that when he converts his podcast to text to speech. <laughs> so what do you reckon, Jay, Jay? Do you think it's part of uh, the alternative universe worldview, do you? I feel like there's like a there's there's I'd love to see the like the the JPEG compression algorithm applied to like a blog post that you write to then uh, the podcast that the computer generates that then gets like strung out to text that then gets looped back into Spotify. Like I want to see how it eventually becomes just a bag of eels. Like it's just like, it makes no sense. Uh, but I do like the idea and, and like the plus side of it is even though the conflation between wordpress.com and .org is like a very real, very annoying thing that the exposure that the community gets or that the WordPress project gets from uh, something that is as big as Spotify or is, is, is sort of, there's like uh Spotify universe doesn't really like uh, overlap with WordPress super often. Right. Or there's anytime that there's something like that, that happens where Spotify users might get introduced to WordPress in any way, I think it is good. I think is, I think is strong. I think it's, that's the only plus side that I see, frankly, is that, partnerships that wordpress.com has those end up they there is a trickle effect there in the world like in in the in the news bubble or in people's imaginations or minds and like that's good that's the only thing that i like about it (laughs) what do you reckon Eva? i i think that um this is something that people need to understand is uh i mean it, it is hard to record a blog Um, I mean, to record a podcast, rather, it's hard to write a blog. Like, I don't, I mean, I have a whole bunch of blogs that are sitting there that, like, I could easily do text-to-speech and stuff, but it's not going to (laughs) happen. I've got new sound effects ever. I think it's coming from you. Well, no, I mean, I know, like, the thing is, I, I, I have all the apps that could automatically do it. I could do it with Amazon Polly and, and that, but, I mean, it's just not the right thing. It's not the same thing. And I know that people would find it inauthentic. All right, fair enough. Um, that was Matt. Uh, um, so, so, John, what do you reckon, John? Another great idea? I don't know if you've ever seen uh, YouTube channels where it's it's kind of like a robotic voice, like yeah. it's reading news, like yeah. this is WP Tonic. Today they had this episode. That's what this reminds me of. Yeah, like it is exactly it the same. That's why it's a terrible <laughs> idea. You know, it really shows two two groups 
I don't know if it's just, I don't know, it's almost like they, they know nothing about the platform and because they know nothing about the platform, that they can persuade themselves that it's a good idea. To, I, to be fair, some of the podcasts my husband listens to, it's the actual person's voice and they sound like that. Like they yeah. sound like it's a robot. Well, ask him to listen to WP Tonic. There we go. What it's, do you reckon, it's Joe? Really that they they don't care, right? This is just another value add. They don't yeah. care that they're going to potentially like I did quick back in the napkin math in that blog post. If if even one percent of WordPress.com users uh, use this feature, we're going to get like six hundred thousand uh, robot podcasts which is double the amount of active podcasts right now since October. Like, but, but again, it's not, it's that they're making their AI better and they're making their algorithms better and maybe text to speech will be better later. But this is, this is, if they extolled, is that the right word? If they talked about the accessibility uh, benefits of this, I would, I would buy what they're selling. Great. For people who uh, who uh, maybe prefer to consume content uh, audi- audibly, or uh, you know, our our site um, uh, who who uh, can't read very well, or nearsighted, or farsighted, or whatever, and and they get to consume that content in a way that works best for them, great. But the word accessibility is not mentioned in that blog post at all. No, finish off, Spencer. What do you reckon? Am I being unfair with all the linkage? to other kind of quasar fantasies is is that reasonably fair or no but i think the problem in itself is going to be self-correcting because although the premise of the article joe and everything he said was accurate what i see is like a couple hundred yards downfield is the issue is right now this week i experimented with two really amazing examples of ai one of them was this uh ability to take a picture of somebody. Like I took my grandfather who I haven't seen since I was a little kid. He died when I was younger and it animates his face in it. I'll give you guys the link. Incredibly fascinating. And my mom was like crying. She hasn't seen him in 40 years. And that's just as easy as putting a picture for free online. Um, the second is that there's a lot of tools now that came out. We referred to them a couple of weeks ago that generate amazing copy for your marketing purposes. A third example is something I've used for some time, which was not yet mainstream, but it allowed me on a beta to send a couple hundred hours of my voice in and it completely digitized my voice. So now I'm able to take something in print and it reads it with my inflection, my voice, my, you know, zany particular thing. So put those three things together. You will not need people to sit there and make content the old way. But to Joe's point, What problem does this create? The same problem that existed before people did black hat SEO stuff. It used to be it took a crap ton of work to make a page, get listed in some search engine, whatever. Then they figured out how to use robots to do it. And then there's a trillion pages to be indexed. I do feel bad for podcasters, but it really makes no difference. People in the future are going to have to make podcasts that get listeners based upon their personality or their uniqueness, not based upon the fact that they're the only ones that are making podcasts. I think we've already crossed that threshold, to be honest, because I think there's already like a trillion real people making podcasts. But God knows when you unleash 
and a fully automated, like animated video that looks and talks and acts like Spence reading as if it was live or God forbid a John Denwood version of this. I mean, what are you going to do to put that genie back in the bottle? It's just not going to oh, happen. It's, it's a, what a gruesome prospect. Good day, folks. Hello. Hello. I'm having problems with my Bluetooth earphone. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. But, you know, put this That's together. That's a very professional. Got- Joe's looking at me like, what is this idiot up to? But put this together with the story about the clubhouse, which, uh, although I didn't have a comment, I've tried clubhouse. And the, the clubhouse thing, to me, has its own problems, not just on the privacy. It has the problem of, what if you got AI in there effing around with people? So now you've got the ability to generate John Locke's voice and it's got some intelligence to be able to, when somebody says the word blank, respond. When, when you say that, when you, go to, when you go to Paris, when you go to France, you, know, you see these mongrel French dogs, and it's got like the head of an Alsatian, the body of a poodle, and the tail of a corgi. And you think, right. you know, as you were saying that, that these French mongrel dogs were coming into my mind, actually. <laughs> To, to you know, I point. think Spencer is totally onto something. I, I think Joe and I are probably about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> like, yeah, Jay, like, trip, you go, man. You, you say it. <laughs> like, I, like, like, necessity is the mother of invention here, right? Like, Clubhouse gets the like Spencer's point about AI running, uh, being a part of Clubhouse. Like, it very well could be the like recapture of audio. Like, <laughs> someone may turn that into like scanning everyone's clubhouse stuff and building AI and bots to try and listen to people and then clone your voice and put something out there. Like, that might be the whole reason why Clubhouse is as popular as it is. Is that that's the yeah. whole motivation behind it? And nobody told us. Like, like the that Howard makes Stern more show sense. for everybody. You totally, know, right? that makes way more sense to me than the idea <laughs> that they're pitching themselves. Actually, right? Oh. Have you but, but, have you seen deep? It's like called like deep fake Tom Cruise on on TikTok. Yeah. It is like horrifyingly convincing. Uh, and Spencer's point reminded me of that. Like probably actually better than the real person, actually, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, they can do this now That's from awesome. a still picture. I mean, it's not perfect yet, but I'm saying even at the level of free. Uh, it's, I'll get to the link for today, but like you drop in a picture of your relative that's been dead or a person from a hundred years ago, and it, it's animating them. But they can now manipulate with the digital technology, the mouth, the eyes, the ears, and nose. Then they can do the voice, and then they have the transcript, but then the transcript can also be responsive based upon what other people say. And you start to see whether it's nefarious at its core or there's just bad actors going in there. Now we've got a real problem, right? Because, Joe, the problem is no longer at the easy level of, gee, it's too bad there's too many podcasts. Now it's like every single thing people are doing, is it the real person or is it not the real person? And now you have to rethink the entire process. I mean, it's just, it's it's going to get really weird really fast. And when you combine that with all the politics, and I'm not going to get political today, but like how detached half of our political structure is in America. And if those people start getting belief in like AI generated stuff, God help all of us. I mean, you know. Might be for the better, actually. Uh, Let's go, let's go for our break and come back in a few moments, folks. Launch Flows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. 
Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10-30% to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. We're coming back. I can guarantee you this is the views. This is the real Jonathan Denwood. Yes, I, I know you're shocked, listeners and viewers. Be like Blade Runner, did you guys, you know, in Blade Runner, the original movie, the, the whole premise of the movie was that the robots became so real that they had to have a human being sit down and analyze for anybody who's not seen the movie. And I think you can definitely see in the future, we'll have to rely upon the, the John Dunwood's faux pause in setting up the show is the only way to <laughs> that this is I guarantee people. these are real hot people this is a no, real panel nobody I can program that into process? a robot I guarantee, well, are we in the process right now on this show are we are we uh, inventing a kismet for deep fake spam here we go <laughs> right, before we go on to the next story I want to talk about the real Jonathan Denwood and the real Spencer doing a free webinar for you listeners and viewers. And you need, you need to attend this webinar where me and Spencer show you how using the power of WordPress, we can build click funnel landing pages and all sorts of marketing automation at literally a quarter of the price, and it's going to be better than ClickFunnels stuff and all these other SaaS products. You've got to attend this webinar. And when can you attend, listeners and viewers? Well, it's next Friday, um, the 12th of March at 10.30 Pacific Standard Time. All you've got to do is go to the WP Tonic website in the main menu is a wacky big bloody button that says webinar. You click it, you sign up, and you'll be able to ask me, the real me and the real Spencer, any questions you got about marketing automation. And this is the real, you know, where you can give extra value to your clients is by building marketing automations in WordPress. So you need to attend this bloody webinar. So book it for the 12th. So on to the next, (laughs) on to the next story. Um, Chrome is testing the follow button on websites. What's this about, John? Oh, John Locke. 
Yeah, this is, I, I, I just seen this when you uh, put this in the uh, list, but my thought would be, it might be for Google Discover. I don't know if if you're aware of what that is. Sometimes if you uh, have like a Google app on your phone for things like uh, two-factor authentication and stuff, I will see sometimes uh, in this app like notifications of, it's obviously like tracking like what I read and things like that because Google Discover will give me suggestions of different content um, based probably on on like tracking pixels and Google Analytics and and things like that. But I would imagine that it probably is something like this. If you follow websites, it'll feed that into what it knows about you, like it's its profile of you and possibly like into your Discover feed if you have one or maybe into your search personalization. If you have Gmail, it's it's already got stuff in there, ads in there. So that's it probably will, just more. But to will, will it be the real Jonathan though? Oh, possibly. I don't know. Do you, you got do a profile? All right. What do you reckon, Heather? What do you reckon? What, what is Google up to? Uh, I mean, I think that. I mean, again, this this article talks about Google Reader, um, and it's. It's. I think it's just like a new testing of of bookmarks, a new way to to do discovering and and close to that. I, I mean, I, I honestly don't think it's a big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, understand it. Like we have notifications already. Uh, it's an extension of of notifications to let you know when the page has changed, and I think that's really all it is. So what do you reckon, Joe? What do you reckon? I used to own a domain uh, called googlereadervigil.com where people could leave comments about how much they missed Google Reader. And I actually did like a cool little like candle with a a CSS animation. It was neat. I spent too much time on it. It sounds really nice, Joe. Yeah, right? It was a nice little side project when I should have been doing real work, but... Um, as the story points out here, this has a little bit of a whiff of Google Reader, right? Where my expectation, just looking at face value, would have been I click follow, maybe Chrome notifies me when there's new content up on that site or whatever. Um, but as somebody in the comments points out, I, I am wary of anything that Google does because of uh, the long and growing list of things over on killedbygoogle.com, which... I just found out they're killing Angular.js. Like, they're just killing Angular. That was the one I decided to learn many years ago. Uh, and now I'm going to have to move to something else, I guess. But um, the, the, the main side, question, yeah, React. So, oh, I, I guess I'll have to learn React. I guess. Yeah. Join Facebook. There's always Node. Yeah. There is Node. Uh, There's always Node. Yes, that, that decision... You can grow. JJ, JJ said you always, you always feel dirty when you look at React, don't you, JJ? It's just a Facebook thing. Yeah, I can't uh, not download it, really. Uh, that, I don't know. Anything that the, has uh, more than like a 10-step install process, I'm like, I'm not about that. And I know there's like a thing that does it fast for you, but the first time I tried React, I was like, well, what do I got to do? Whatever. Uh, I get uh, it. I'm there with you. Mm-hmm. The uh, The idea of having 
like I like stuff that's built into the browser, like browser extensions that like work really well, like LastPass or One Password or like a really good one. You're like, man, this is great. Like the first time that like you installed Firebug in Firefox and you had an inspector, I was like, this is like the future of web development. Like, of course, this is exactly what we all need. Like when things are in the like the accepting cookies on websites shouldn't have been a thing we had to build into all of our websites all over the world for GDPR. Like that should have been built into the browser that like, this is a thing that I accept or I don't like either I'm down with it or I'm not. And if I want to go through and like nitpick which site that I don't want or that I do want, then like that's on me, but it should have been built in the browser, but it never got that way. And so like the, the idea of following blogs from the browser feels really nice to me as an idea but I don't want Google to be responsible for that. Like I want to own that experience myself and I want who I follow or this websites that I follow to be uh, in my cloud or in me or on my place where like they should live or in my WordPress or someplace well, uh, well, that isn't a Google owned thing. Well, what we're really, what I think we're really talking about is a problem with podcasting with Post with select, you know, um, it's linked to a new product at Spencer or new service where you go to one of Spencer's websites and you can put in what the best selection of plugins. It's the problem is curation, you know, you know, and we still, I still don't think there's great tools for curation, you know, of of the best podcasts or the best blog posts, you know. And that's why a lot of people got upset when Reader got junked because it was one of the few effective ways that you could create content. Um, and that's why the power users of Google Reader got a bit peeved when they dropped it because it was really useful for those people. And there's, uh, it, it must be, it must be just, it's not the technology, it just must be really, really gr- hard to get traction. Or there must be something about the problem because you got all these client podcasting networks, but I don't think any of them are really taken off that big. There's a lot of people that have tried. Am I speaking any truth here, Joe, or am I just blabbing? Well, you know? I I think probably the nice thing about uh, you know what J Trip said was. Um, Oh, I was blabbing in. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, you're you're making a good point here, right? But what I liked about um, is that owning your experience in an increasingly algorithm-driven world is is a nice feeling, right? It's I don't go on Facebook because most of the things on Facebook aggravate me, right? I have to click the see latest tweets on Twitter.com so that I don't see things that aggravate me. Um, with podcasting, I think that's a, the great thing about podcasting too, right? Is that there's no there's no algorithm based thing telling you what podcast to listen to. You need to subscribe in whatever app you want, right? And maybe Anchor is trying to change that, but at the moment, right now, we get to pick our podcast app of choice. We get to subscribe to the podcast we listen to, and we get to really curate that. So. Um, I suspect follow, right? If it's, if it's RSSE, um, we're probably going to see the content we want, but algorithm, algorithmically curated, or maybe with ads in there, or maybe the sites that right. use Google AMP will get 
or I'm sorry, not not Google AMP, just AMP. Other people contribute to that. <laughs> um, uh, you know, priority or or whatever. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. And, and Jonathan, I think like the stop me if you've heard this one before, but that was one of the things when I was working on WordPress.com and working on reblogs and follows and likes and all the more socially stuff back in the day that like that I really wanted that never happened was like was I want I want a curated list of what the people that I care about are into that so that I can kind of bounce to the next cool thing. Like I want to make my own, I want to build my own algorithm in a way that like I trust. Uh, and and not a lot of platforms I feel like have really emphasized or nailed that experience. I think like yeah, Apple yeah. Music is kind of trying, but like, cause I can see like who, who the, my friends are, what music they're listening to. And it shows, gives me a, like a, a station of all the stuff that they're into. And I can kind of bounce in between that. Like that's pretty cool, but it's just a, the, the, they're, they're getting their feet wet with the idea, but like, I want to see the blogs that you're subscribed to, or the things that you're reading, or like the authors that you like on the web. And there's it's just impossible to to see that. And so I I, I have to find it myself, and we all have to. Uh, and I, it bums me out that there's so much content out there that people are that are authoring, but we don't have a good mechanism to curate our own algorithm to find what's awesome. So uh, I just I just see um, yeah right. Um, let's let's move on to the next story because I, I want to cover story five. When it's not burnout, now this came on my right radar. And I added it um, this morning. Um, so have I don't know if you had time to read this particular piece. What did you think of it? Oh man, that this this is a whole big thing. Um... So the people, I mean, I, I have a whole uh, set of writing and talks that I do about burnout. And the, the problem is that there are, there are a lot of stress triggers associated with burnout, but also um, these same stress triggers can, can be uh, associated with a toxic environment. And in, in this particular issue, um, the, this plugin developer was, uh, uh, being attacked. Um, they were being trolled and it was, it was causing a toxic environment. It was, it was online harassment. It was over and over. And, and like every day getting, getting the same things over and over again um, caused them to feel like inordinate stress that triggered the same things. And um, like burnout is stress like cued. I mean, it is, I mean, it is like you are stressed, but it is a type of stress that is specifically associated with work. So like when you have gotten so stressed that you just cannot uh, associate with things anymore, that you're detached from work, that you have no interest in things, um, that, that you are at a heightened state or like a depressed state constantly and, and all that, like their mood is terrible, that, but it's triggered by um, like a bad manager, a, a toxic environment, uh, all sorts of things. So I think that 
harassment absolutely can cause this. And like the, the hardest thing that anyone can do is realize one, that they're in it and two, get out of it. So you always generally need somebody to help you. But with harassment, it's hard because most people don't believe you. They don't believe it's happening to you, especially if you're a woman um, or a minority or something. And, and if it's like, even if it's a man and you're being harassed, most people tell you just to suck it up. So, yeah, I mean, th- there's a whole ball of worms in this story. And I'm curious to see what other people think. So what do you reckon, Spencer? I had such mixed... When I was reading this article, Spencer, I I kind of swam from one side to I had really very widening different feelings about it. So I'm I'm, I'm a bit confused about what my position is. So this is a problem that this isn't the first time this has come to the public view, but this is a problem that originates from the origins of how the WordPress community was set up. It was set up for a small scale amount of, let's say, interaction between people that were all sort of geeky and interacted at the level of, I know you sort of, so I'm going to talk to you as if like I know you. But then all of the stuff that we talk about tongue in cheek every day about our fearless leader and so forth started to grow and the money got involved. And now it's tens of millions of people, many of whom are struggling in a competitive world to make a livelihood of some kind in a space where a douchebag, not her, but other douchebags, like I talk about Otto, can now unilaterally take away everything that they've done. And I call him out because he still continues to post that way. But the point is, in the early days, Otto would do his douchebaggery and it would be kind of funny, cute, and a bunch of people would get online. And we all remember the whole Chris Pearson incident where Matt himself got involved for this and that and so forth. But we all kind of chuckled because it was like we're all sitting around the water cooler having beers kind of thing. Now you've got a problem. You've got a community of people that take this seriously competing against a company that is clearly out to win financially, but it's still being moderated, or at least up until this point, moderated in a way that one person anonymously can literally take away somebody else's perception, if not actual, livelihood. And there's no judge, there's no jury, there's no process or due process, there's no appeal mechanism. And what do people do when they're desperate and everything that they think is important is taken away from them? They act wrong and irrationally. And while everything this person on the receiving end is doing is wrong, Mika is receiving the brunt of it because she just happened to do her job before they changed the policy of going anonymous. How are they going to fix this? I have no freaking idea because the anger that this person is experiencing is exponential to what you and I and all of us joke about every week. We all have our annoyances at how stupid Automatic is running this shit show. But at the same time, we appreciate it's where our livelihoods exist, right? I mean, if they just closed down WordPress.org, we'd have to really figure out where to go with a lot of what we do. But does that excuse it? No. Um, So anyway, in sum, I do feel terrible because no person deserves what she's getting. And I don't think that she had any inclination to do what she did to that individual. But the mechanism that she was granted to deal with whatever this person did was wrong and broken and outlived its useful life by uh, eight to 10 years at least. And I have to say, I don't mind it. I would love it if this person who makes these decisions would come on. 
but can we please use this as a starting point for an open discussion about how Automatic should run WordPress.org going forward instead of pretending like it's all roses and, and butterflies and stuff? Because it's just you're, not. You're just not on message, Spencer. You know, you're just not. You're not really a positive member of the community, Spencer. This is this is the problem, Spencer. You I, I, I want to want to add one thing because I've dealt with my whole online life with trolls, and I have had customers, and not to the extent of being exposed like Mecca, but like I've had customers in a community of a few thousand paying customers where literally one guy is upset with whatever's happening. And that person is threatening me and my kids and stuff like that. And what I'm blessed with is the ability to give him back his money and say, I'm really sorry. I don't know what's wrong with you, but here's all your money and a little extra good day. She can't give him back anything. You know what I mean? That's the problem is that it's, it's like she was the, the executioner over somebody she didn't really know or have a reason to know the details of. She's just doing her job. So I understand that it's impossible to put that genie back in the bottle, but therein is the rub because you never know how your decision-making in this kind of thing is going to affect somebody. And if they're desperate enough, then they're going to become a real threat. So, Joe, what do you reckon? I'm I'm never surprised anymore by the bad behavior of some people, actually. It's, it's quite... It always it always surprises me to some extent. What do you reckon? Yeah, I I uh, really feel for for Mika Mika um, here because let me tell you, I one time tweeted that Philly sports fans are the meanest uh, fandom, and for about twenty four hours, people in Philly told me to kill myself. Uh, which, like, driving my point home, thank you for that, but it, as a well-adjusted adult male, uh, who, like, uh, I've, it really wore on me. I can't imagine going through this for three years. The thing that, uh, and I'm, this is not advice for her, because, I again, I can't empathize with what she's going through, really, um, but the thing I tell myself is that these people are internet terrorists. I've had people threaten me over... AIM in college. And I said, fine, let's meet and we'll duke it out. And you know what they never do? Because they need to, they're hiding behind a screen. If this person, uh, I, I can't guarantee, but I would bet that if this person saw her at a word camp, he would run away because people like that are cowards. Um, but it's, it's, it's not fair. It's ridiculous. I'm glad that they did finally go to uh, an anonymized plug-in team because no one deserves that. No one, no one deserves that. So this guy's listening. You're a coward. You know, yeah, well, knock it off. So what do you reckon, JJ? Sorry, I was muted. Uh, this is a lot. Like I read it, and I I read it a couple of times, and uh, and Mika is. Uh, a person who I've known from WordPress.org for a very long time. And uh, I think like anyone that you have known for a long time and that you have worked closely together with or not closely together with, that there are agreements and disagreements and there are ups and there are downs. And, uh, and like See, what... Okay, I just want to interrupt, JJ. 
I just want to put this to you. Why why isn't this our article on the tavern? Why doesn't the leader <laughs> of Automatic make a personal statement saying, this is fucking out of order, and you maggots, fuck off. You know, go and die somewhere on your own and leave my staff alone. Why doesn't he show some bloody balls and some leadership? So, I mean, I, I'm happy to answer that question too, right? But like, Mika's not employed by Automatic. Matt isn't her boss. So like, it's still part of the WordPress community team and people that sort of get, they sort of volunteer their time or that their their job is to volunteer their time to staff certain areas of WordPress.org. And so it's not, it's not, it doesn't really work that way, even though we, we want it to, or that we imagine that maybe that would simplify some of this stuff. But like WordPress.org has a code of conduct and uh, clearly like a no harassment sort of policy. But what can you do? Like in Mika's post, when this goes international and you can't, what do you, it's, it's bigger than WordPress.org. This is just a, an internet terrorist who is taking them, the, the, empowering themselves to prioritize the what what Mika is experiencing or had experienced and and will probably as a result of her like position and uh, uh, and uh, abilities on WordPress.org, no one should have to go through. Right, like at the at the sake of stating the obvious, it's terrible, and no one should have to experience that. Um, and like. Doesn't, doesn't try to to speak up from on high. I just don't. I don't know what good it does other than acknowledge the. Uh, I think it was power. I think it was powers under. I'm upsetting a few people, maybe. Uh, Rob, there we go. This is um, good timing. Very mysterious timing. Is he? Yeah, well, like like I was saying, you know, it, as you hinted, Spencer, it, it, I actually think this is worse than some person that you know doesn't like you, or it's to me this was on a different level. Do you think I'm on the right path there, Spencer? I mean, the difficulty is that you see when you normally interact with a, a powerful entity you owe them money like it's utility or you're a citizen like a government or you're in a school but in most relationships you don't have this one to many power gifted to anonymous strangers at least in our american current what we'll call republic so it's very unusual for people to be in a situation where they're given this perception of you can do anything you want and grow anything you want. And magically through your thousands of hours of hard work, you have some sort of a livelihood and yet some nameless, faceless, otherwise well-intentioned, but doing their job person can go, Oh, it looks like you didn't meet the thing and push a button and it's all taken away from you without due process. I mean, drunk drivers get their day in court too. Yeah. And, and I think there's the problem is that, Matt at all did not conceive of the day when there would be tens of millions of people 
under the thumb of Mika or Otto or Fred or Joe or Bob or Susie, where they go look at a list of arbitrary rules and go, yeah, it looks like you did wrong. Boom, goodbye. Oh, you did it twice? I'm totally cutting you off. And that's what's going on here. And it's not that there's an absolute best way to do this. I'm not suggesting it. I'm just saying this is clearly not a healthy environment of a one to millions authoritarian environment where you can have whatever you built taken away from you, even if you did wrong stuff. Because look at the objective hypocrisy of Yost's shenanigans from a few months ago. And, oh, Yost, yeah, oh, you're just such a silly, misogynistic gang of folks over there. That's fine. And, oh, you advertised inside of your plugin for free in violation of the code. No problem. And even Elementor, who I love, oh, you guys violate the GPL because you require people to phone home now for your plugin that's supposed to be open source? No problem. Well, that's not the way it's supposed to be, Jetpack and so forth. But you're a little guy. You buy into the thing. It's tough when the, the, you see all the hypocrisy and then they do that to you. So, What do you reckon, John? Uh, I, I do think that there need to be, um, it's, it's tough being a woman in technology. There's lots of, of cases where people have left the tech altogether because they were getting death threats, because they were getting harassed, all kinds of things. And uh, it's scary. It's scary because I, I don't understand why someone would, you know, make somebody like, you know, fearful of them. You know, hey, your plugin got rejected. Go fix it. You know, but to send like 600 emails and to like, uh, you know, bother people for like two years, it, it's ridiculous. But it, it, it's, it's scary. But, it, you know, we have this global uh community and we have to have different ways of enforcing it um you know make sure that this person is like banned from like everything and it doesn't matter if mika's a volunteer or works for automatic or not it's like not okay um and it's like spencer and and all the other panelists said you know when this whole thing was conceived it was like a handful of people and now it's like a global community, uh, a worldwide um, company, and they are still relying on volunteers and not protecting them. And yeah, that needs to change. Yes, uh, so Heather, to finish off, I, I think um, as I was reading this, Heather, because I've always had really mixed feelings, um, like digital journalist um, influencers when they're complaining um, that they've been harassed. It was always a part of me that felt, um, well, I always felt that in some ways Americans um, were a little bit soft when it came back getting criticism because obviously I come from England and the media in England are notoriously brutal and just general discussions um, between different people in Britain, you're, they tends to get a little bit more, how do I say, um, I'm struggling for the right words, but it's definitely a different way of public discussion in America. But I've changed. I've changed my opinion to some extent because 
you could say to like female journalists or or uh, other people that are using social platforms, well, you just you just need to just get rid of your account. You don't have to be on that platform, but they actually do, don't they? Because to be an effective influencer and a and a and a journalist or to be effective in any way in two hundred twenty one, you've got to be on these platforms, haven't you? So. The, is it the actual platforms they need to do a lot more to protect, you know, to protect people from, um, there, there is a certain level of criticism, you know, you've got to accept a certain level of criticism, but then there's, there's some level where it becomes harassment, doesn't it? Honestly, I mean, I think it, it's just allowing more people to be uh, there and it just amplifies the number of, of people that are going to see you. I mean, I, like I get heckled in person um, and I'll get heckled online. Like half my YouTube videos just have comments of like boobs. Like, <laughs> but I mean, I just ignore them. I mean, uh, but like, I mean, I was at a South by when Gamergate was happening and I just remember being in, uh, the panels with th- where that was like that was coming out and and I felt so terrible but I was like this this just wasn't my experience like as a gamer as a game designer like I never had this girl's experience and I, I couldn't understand and like as a as a woman I'm like I guess I feel that sometimes it's the person that attracts that so I mean yeah. I mean, it's yeah, so when you're, some people are going to be heckled and can't handle it. And I think when you feel that, like it's it's just the sharks keep going after the chum. Yeah, it's really it's really difficult because I personally like a good argument. I like a good disagreement. <laughs> um, I I like getting into it. I think I think it's part of the creative process to have an honest. Um, discussion, um, but I don't. I, I think it's worse now. I mean, I think people like. I think we've always been bullied. Like people, like as kids, were trained to do that to root out who were the weaker. And I mean, it's it's inherent in who we are. However, um, I think it is absolutely worse now for people, men and women. All right, right. Let's let's go. Let's wrap this up. Let's go on to our recommendations of the week. Uh, please put them in the chat. It really helps me panel. So my recommendation was something that Spencer put me on to, and um, I'm trying to find it now. And hey, how do you pronounce it, Spencer? Tripato. It's a really fantastic... Yeah. Um, it makes puppets. Pardon? It makes puppets. It makes puppets. Um, I, I love when they choose names that have no connection to the actual product, I don't, I don't totally get it, but there we go. But apart from the name, folks, it really enables you to build very sophisticated form surveys, all sorts of things, and it, it, it's an inbuilt logic engine. It's a really fantastic product, and they got a free plan, and they got some inexpensive paid plans and uh, I've been playing around with it and I've been quite impressed. Um, so JJ, have you got something you can recommend to the listeners and viewers? 
Uh, shout out to David Bissett, Dimension Media on Twitter, who had tweeted it a while ago or a couple of days ago. There's a plugin that is relatively new that currently has like fewer than 10 WordPress installs that it counts. But uh, it's pretty cool called Nagi uh, by Handy Plugins. And all it does is very simple. And, and, uh, and so it's a plugin that I like. Uh, and all it does is take anything that's hooked to the admin notices hook and WP admin. And just dump them into a notifications page. And so it just clears out all of the, the terrible notice cruft on every single page and just put them in a place. Uh, and so no overly complicated notification center, no like added code that people have to support in their plugins to make it work here or there. It just takes all of them and goes, put them all on one page and it's done. And so I think for most people, it probably solves a pretty major I'll problem. Put in a super I'll, put way. That, I'll put that on my website tomorrow. All right. Um, <laughs> Joe, Joe, have you got something you want to recommend? Yeah, I was really struggling. Uh, like, that's why I haven't dropped a link in because there's a lot of good stuff to recommend. Um, but uh, there's this app. I made a video about it over on my YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Sip. I will drop the link in the chat, chat as soon as I find it. But it's a little menu bar utility where you click on it and then it creates a little dropper and you can grab any color on the screen as a hex value or an RGB value or HSL value, however. And it's I use it every single day when I'm making websites or trying to find the right color for graphics. It's a super handy utility. It's very cheap. Um, or if you have set app, it, it comes in a set app subscription. So uh, it's... I'm a big fan of it. Super handy. Probably useful for a lot of people watching. Oh, yeah. Put it into chat. And listeners and viewers, you find all, all the links to these recommended products, services, whatever, in the show notes on the WP Tonic website. So, um, Spencer, thank you. Um, Spencer, what could you, you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? I do, yeah. I'm laughing. Well, first of all, that Unagi plugin looks terrific. And I'm laughing because I just saw the Ross Unagi from Friends, if you know that reference. I'm recommending something else, and I was trying to do it. My wireless keyboard no longer allows me to press the space command, a space bar. So I was trying to type with the space bar, and it launches Windows. So I was just laughing at, like, my own game. Anyway, the thing I was talking about earlier is called myheritage.com slash deep-nostalgia. You go over there, drop in a picture of anybody, living or dead, John Denwood, Matt Mullenweg, Otto, anybody. And it will animate the picture in the most fascinating way. And if you actually never knew the person, it's even more compelling. But it's just an immediate, it's free if you want, and you can download the result. It's a fascinating thing. Um, if you have some family member that you haven't seen for a while that has a dead relative and you want to, like my mom, I sent her a picture of her dad when he was in high school and he animated it. She hasn't seen him. It was like, oh my God, you know, it's captivatingly interesting how far this has come to be a free thing, which again leads me to, we can talk and argue all day long and it's fun about WordPress today and blog posts today and podcasting today, but every Friday comes this fast. Can you imagine in two years what we're going to be talking about here if we're even talking here? Because Maybe we'll be on the virtual Star Wars chessboard and holograms in two years. I'm going to stay with my original panel. Real people with real views, Spencer. We'll, we'll all be contained in one of those Boston robotics dog <laughs> characters running around some, you know, police state. 
biting people with our virtual avatars. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know where you get this from, Spence. Um, John, have you got something you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, this is a uh, uh, it's a, a primer on WordPress maintenance. So what it is, why it's important, is put together by Matt Anderson, who is the Mattalorian on Twitter. So go check it out. And Heather, have you got something you want to recommend to the listeners of yours, our beloved Unicorn Whisperer? Yeah, so um, I've been playing around a lot with the Deep Dream and and AI, so um, I'm deepdreamgenerator.com, so you can play around and generate completely AI art. Oh, well, put it in... Put it into chat, Heather. Uh, I'm sure I have time to play with that. Thank you, panel. It's a slightly longer show, but we had a, a lot of good stories to discuss. I thought it was a great discussion. Hopefully, listeners and viewers, you will join us next week for another WP Tonic Roundtable show. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 